Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we also commit ourselves to you, open our hearts before you, and we ask you that you will pull up your spirit and anoint our hearts so that the spirit of truth will lead us into all the truth that is contained in what is written in your word. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. Amen. Merry Christmas, everybody. That's fantastic. Uh, last night, Diana, some of you saw we, we were at Carol's Bucking Road. <laughs> As I sat there and I listened to some of the song, words of the song, and thought, if only the people actually really know the truth of what they were saying about it. Yeah. And uh, so this morning, I just, you know, what's really important is people, different nations, different cultures celebrate Christmas, whatever it is. It is important for us to know that the essence of Christmas is nothing less than nothing more than the incarnation of the truth. That's what we that's what we are celebrating. The incarnation of the truth. And that is important, especially for you and I, as disciples of Jesus, to understand this is the essence of Christmas, the incarnation of truth, because we are living in a generation where Absolute truth is in question, worse still, doesn't exist. Yeah. And the only thing that is absolute is relativism. Yeah. So, <laughs> this is what Christmas is, the incarnation of truth. And people talk about virgin birth. The miracle is not the virgin birth. The miracle is the virgin conception. The birth of Jesus is just like the birth of many, even though it was virgin birth, yeah, but the emphasis should be in the virgin conception. This incarnation of truth, this truth is emphatically presented by God, uh, John in his gospel more than any other gospel. We'll talk about that later. Especially when Jesus made a statement. I am truth yeah. and the life. <laughs> no other gospel records that. John does. And uh, last two weeks, Diane was preaching about, about the name of Jesus, the importance of the name of Jesus. And let's talk, just think about this. Let's go to Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. These names are important to God. Okay? Matthew chapter 1. I'm going to read from verse 21 to to uh, verse 23. Just a short passage there, three verses. This is when the angel of the Lord came to Joseph and spoke to Joseph concerning the birth of Jesus. And then this is what the angel says, She will bear, Mary, will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus because. It was saying because. Uh, because. You're going to have to name this baby Jesus because that right there says the meaning of the name of Jesus. Yeah. Because he will save his people from their sins. Yeah. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. And behold, the virgin shall conceive and better son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, meaning God is with us. That is a prophecy prophesied by Isaiah. 
in chapter 7 verse 14, 14. We'll talk about that later on. But let's focus on the name of Jesus. This Jesus. The name Jesus is a Greek way of saying Joshua or Yeshua. Joshua is the Hebrew uh, name for Jesus. So Jesus is Joshua. But I want to think of the significance of this name in the Old Testament. This name occurred twice in the Old Testament. First under Joshua before the first before uh, first settlement in the land of Canaan. Alright? It's very illustrious this name. Now at that point Joshua functioned as the captain of the army of Israel for the first settlement. He's the captain of the army. And the second time it is mentioned was in Zechariah chapter uh, 6 verse 12, 11 and 12. And that was after the, uh, the uh, exile returning to, back to Canaan. So it's the second resettlement pretty much for the, Jew, for the Jews. And this Joshua functioned as the high priest. So guess what? In you bring into the New Testament, Jesus is both the captain of our salvation and the high priest of our confession. The Bible doesn't play with names. Let's talk about the place where Jesus was born, Bethlehem. First mentioned this this city Bethlehem is in Genesis chapter 35, verse 19, where Jacob buried his beloved wife Rachel called a town called Bethlehem. The meaning of the name Bethlehem is place or house of bread. What did Jesus say? I am the bread of life. There's no coincidences in the Bible. I'm talking about 40 generations previously. The city was found, Bethlehem, house of bread. 40 generations later. The bread of life was born. God knows what he does. <laughs> yeah. God called Jeremiah. He said, Before you were formed or conceived, I knew you. Before you were named, I've called you. We're here. You're here because you're called. That's powerful. So let's just look at in John's presentation of who this Jesus is. Alright? Just John's gospel is, is different than because there are four gospels. His gospel is different than the other three gospels. His gospel is known as the retrospective gospel because it is written he lived a very old age life, fulfilled life at the end of, pretty much was the end of his life as a man, the closest man ever to walk on the face of the earth with Jesus in the flesh and he, after seeing the, the, the demonstration of the power of Jesus the demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit and the resurrection at the end of his life, it's like the penny drop. So who? So this is who Jesus is. 
That's why he didn't write his gospel beginning with uh, genealogy. He begins his gospel with prologue. And he made, made an assertion about who Jesus really is. The whole prologue of John, chapter 1, verse 1 to 18, pretty much describing everything about Jesus, who Jesus is. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. You cannot be more silly than that. Now, Jehovah Witnesses Bible says that they translate it like this. In the beginning was the Word, and in the beginning was, was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was a God. That's what they, they translate. Because they don't believe Jesus is God. But when I look at the Greek translation, it goes like this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and God was the Word. Yeah. That's literally, that's what Greek says. But if you don't know Greek, just look at the context, alright? Because sometimes it's, when it's Greek, you look at the context. It says here, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Now listen to this. All things were created by Him and without Him nothing was created that has been created. Yeah, right. So, is the Lord still talking about the same He? Yeah. Because in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. All things were created by Him. It's the same Him, right? Yeah. The Word of God. So, just to equip you, in case, that, in case you, you are confronted with any other doctrine. Yeah. Alright? Yeah. Now, John, in this prologue, there are three parts. The beginning, like I just recited to you, and the punchline, and then the closing. Powerful. In the beginning was the word, the word was God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend Him. Because the darkness cannot. We cannot comprehend God. Because we are finite, He is infinite. Yeah. Takes the infinite to explain to the finite who He is. And then he went on about the testimony of John. And the pastime comes at verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. That is the part of Matthew chapter 1 verse 23 where it says, You shall call him Emmanuel, God is with us. And he delivered, John delivered it using the Exodus slavers. And it says, and the word became flesh and dwelt. Actually, the literally in, in, in Greek it says, and the word tabernacle among us. Pitch a tent among us. Yeah. This language Emmanuel is not just a New Testament language, it's right from the beginning. Because it's the heart of God to be with his people. Yeah. Always. The reason God took Israel to Mount Sinai because He wanted to be with them. Not them wanted to be with Him. He actually invited them. 
That's why all the laws and everything is just so that they're not consumed by his holiness because they're sinful people. So he made this to just so that he is accessible to his people. He wanted to be with his people. So that was constant, and the word became for us a tabernacle among us. <laughs> as if to say, listen guys, just as Moses saw the glory of God, we too have seen the glory of God in the flesh. Mm. Isn't that beautiful? And then he closed just as he as he began the prologue. He starts the prologue by, by saying, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. He closed in verse 18. And he says, no one has ever seen God at any time. But he's, he's the, 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 the amazing statement in, in, in the closing of the prologue. No one has seen God at any time, but the only begotten God who is in the bosom of the Father, He has declared Him. Takes God to explain who God is. Yeah. That is the essence of Christmas. If only we know who are we are celebrating. Can I have the news please? Yeah, you guys. Not you guys. <laughs> Can you see that song manual again? I like the way Paul 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 asserts his understanding of Jesus in 1 Timothy 3.16. He was manifested in the flesh, vindicated by the Spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, yeah. believed on in the world, taken up in glory. That's all said now. And let's sing the song manual with this understanding. In the Old Testament, Israel was known because God was among them. But now in the New Testament, we are known not, not that just that God is among us, but like Paul described in Corinthians, this is the mystery hidden for ages and generations. What is the mystery? Because of the one. That Christ in us. Christ in you. It's a mystery that it was hidden for generations. Christ in us. Emmanuel is not longer God among us, but in us. He reigns. The big question now is, does he reign in our hearts? That's a big question. You know the prologue? That prologue of John, in between that beginning and, and the end, he said, He was in the world, the world did not know him. Because of what he is, but he came to his own people, but his own people did not receive him. But, 
as many as receiving believe in his name. He gave them the right to become children of God. Now listen to this. Yeah, great. People say I'm children of God. But he he actually makes it more specific. Those who were born not of blood, nor of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So he was talking about a different kind of birth. In other words, they didn't know God. They were born from a different kingdom into a different kingdom. Now I'm not going to do an altar call, but if you don't know Jesus now, just raise your hand and just pray. Where you are, where you are, what's the Jesus, I want you to lay in my heart.